Yes, I've already gotten comments about the shoes. <laughs> Look, when, when Nike decides to put out a special Easter version of their shoes, you know I'm going to have to get it. <laughs> I'll be the only person in the world who buys it, but I will get it. So yes, I know how obnoxious they are, and I don't care. <laughs> right? New life for... New, that's right. Yeah. Thanks. Some of my other sneakerheads are out there. That's good. Yeah, new life in Christ, new kicks for Matt. That's how we roll here. All right, good. We have two scripture readings this Easter morning. The first comes to us from the prophet Isaiah in the 60th chapter, and the second from the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. Uh, Isaiah is writing some 750 or so years before Jesus is even born, and yet these are words that look toward the work of Jesus, in, in particular the work of Jesus in light of the resurrection. And then in Luke chapter 24, Jesus has risen from the grave, yet his disciples are gathered in a room scared. Most of them haven't seen the resurrected Jesus just yet, so they're struggling to believe if this rumor is actually true. And they're hiding there, scared, trying to put their stories together, afraid that the same people who killed Jesus might come after them. Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has dawned. Darkness now covers the earth, and thick darkness covers the nations. But the Lord dawns, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings will come to the brightness of your dawn. The Gospel of Luke. While they were talking about what had happened, Jesus stood among them. He said to them, peace be with you. They were terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He asked them, why are you afraid? Why do you have doubts? Look at my hands and feet and see that it's really me. Touch me and see for yourselves. Ghosts don't have flesh and bones, but you can see that I do. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So my wife says it's because I'm getting old. I like the things that I'm looking at to be as bright as possible and the things that I'm listening to to be as loud as possible. This is a recording from my phone. This is what I do every time I pick up my phone. I, I swipe down and I take the brightness and I turn it all the way up and then I take the volume and I turn it all the way up. You should see my daughter when she grabs my phone to use it for something. She takes it and the first thing she does is go, oh my goodness, oh, it's so bright, Dad, it's so bright. I go, yeah, so you can see. And then my wife, anytime she walks into a room that I'm already in, she greets me with those, those three magic words that you want to hear from your spouse. Turn it down. That's what she says to me every time I walk in. You know, we just read the gospel account from the resurrection of Jesus Christ where his disciples are gathered in a dark room. They've shut out all the light. They've, they've drawn the windows. They've blown out the candles because they don't want people to find them and see them there because they're afraid that the same people who killed Jesus are going to kill them. Now, yes, at this particular point, Jesus had already risen from the grave, but he'd only appeared to a handful of people. And so for the majority of disciples gathered in that room, Jesus was said to be alive, but to them, he was still dead. Jesus was dead. And the trauma of seeing your teacher and your leader publicly crucified tortured before your eyes, bleeding and dying, and then put away in a tomb was still fresh for them. 
That room was dark. It wasn't just dark because they'd shut out the light. It was, it was emotionally dark and it was spiritually dark because of what they had seen. Because it wasn't just Jesus that died. With Jesus' death died their faith in Jesus. With Jesus' death died their future with Jesus. And now all that was left was fear. And that's a dark place to be. You know, you, you and I, as, as partakers in this human experience, we know what it's like to live in dark spaces. Not just a room where you've, you've drawn the curtains, but we know what it's like to live in a place where there is an emotional or a spiritual or a personal darkness. Where you're just dying for some light, some hope, the breakthrough. You know, some of us have, have experienced the darkness of deep disappointment. There was a relationship that you thought was going to turn out different than the last one, or, or a job that you thought was going to be different than the other ones, but it just turned out to be the same. Or the darkness of loss, a breakup that caught you by surprise, or having to bury a best friend. I've been talking to some young people, and one of the things that it seems like they're wrestling with is, is the darkness of, of undefined identity, of feeling like they don't know who they are or where they belong. The part of being a human is to know what it's like to be in a dark space, in a dark place, and to need a bright light to break through and change things. So the disciples are gathered in that dark room and suddenly appears Jesus. We're, we're not told how he gets there, whether he knocks on the door, he's like, hey, it's me, the guy who rose from the dead, or if he just kind of appears. What we're told is just he's there. The resurrected Jesus appears before them. And when Jesus enters the room, a bright light, so to speak, comes with him. And it's not just that they're seeing Jesus who was dead, now alive, but, but it's what the resurrected Jesus brings with him that shines a bright light into this dark space. Jesus says it right as he enters. He offers this message. He says to the disciples, huddled, huddled in their dark space, he says to them, peace be with you. Now, it's easy to overlook that, but Jesus, I'm sure, as he's making his first appearance after having been killed and now rising from the dead, chose his words carefully. I would have chosen my words carefully. I wouldn't have said, peace be with you. I would have showed up and saw them all scared and be like, what are you afraid of? I told you I was going to do this. But not Jesus. He walks in, appears. He looks at them scared. They're scared. And he says, peace be with you. Now, it's good to remind ourselves what peace actually means. Uh, the, the, probably the simplest way to put it is peace is the, the pronouncement of or the realization of the fact that things are okay. Most simplest way to put it, peace means that things are okay. So into this dark room, both literally and metaphorically, Jesus appears and his first words to his disciples are, into this darkness, it is okay. I'm alive. It's okay. And now what brings us together this morning is the fact that, that Jesus didn't just step into that dark room as this resurrected Lord. He stepped into this whole dark world as a resurrected Lord. When he exited that tomb, he didn't just step into the place where his disciples were. He steps into the world, into the darkness that, that you and I can find ourselves in. And he brings with him the bright light of the peace 
that he proclaims. He brings with him this pronouncement that whatever the dark space is in your life, whatever the darkness is in your life, since I am alive, since I am risen, there is, there can be, there will be peace for you. To you this morning, to the world today, Jesus says, if I'm here, if I'm alive, it's okay. And whether you know it or not, that's the bright light that you need in the darkest of moments. Now, Now, I get it that some of us may be here today and be very skeptical of this whole thing. Maybe you're not one who comes to church. Maybe you came here willingly, or maybe you were drunk here on the promise of ham. Maybe. I know how it works. But, but if you're skeptical of all this, first of all, thank you for being here with us. If you're skeptical of the Christian thing, if you're skeptical of the idea of, of Jesus rising from the grave and what it means for you, I don't blame you. Had I not grown up in this, I would have been very skeptical too. And I've had my moments of skepticism. And I think skepticism is welcome within the Christian faith. A rational, healthy skepticism of the claims of Christianity has always been welcome in the Christian faith. You know, one pastor once put it like this to me. He said, look, if, if you got a random phone call saying that some distant relative in some far-off country had died and left you a billion dollars, you'd be skeptical. Even if other family members were like, dude, it's totally real. We're rich now. You'd still be skeptical. There are scams galore today. Every five minutes, I get a phone call about my car's extended warranty. And I'm starting to think, they don't really care about my car. If somebody called you and they said, look, a relative died, you're a billionaire now, you'd be skeptical. You'd check it out. You'd be wise to check it out, but you'd be skeptical. The the Christian claims are the same. What, What we're saying is that Jesus Christ died and he rose just as he said. And now with that means everything that he promised has to be taken as true. And there are this this, this truckload of implications that come with the resurrection of Jesus Christ that are all good and overwhelming and amazing for you. New life, eternity, a new creation that is coming, forgiveness that it can be yours now, a relationship with God that is real and alive and active, prayers that can be heard. I can go on and on. Those are crazy claims. So, so, so it'd be wise to investigate whether or not Jesus really is who he said he was, whether really or not he really rose from the dead and what history tells us. But Christians throughout the millennia tell us is that he is in fact risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. But, but if you hear this story of Jesus appearing in the darkness of that room with his disciples and proclaiming peace, of him appearing to the whole world really and proclaiming peace, and you say, yeah, I don't really know how that brings peace to me. I understand it. I'd be skeptical too, but let me, let me respond to that. Here's, here's how the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings a bright light of peace into your life, confidence that it's going to be okay no matter what darkness you find yourself in. Now, you may know this, but, but peace, this thing we're all, we're all trying to find and lay a hold of and get more of, peace is actually the result of a very simple equation. It really is. You want to know how much peace you can have in this world? It works like this. Take the object of your hope, whatever it is, and everybody has an object of hope, something that they are trusting in to help them solve life's riddles, make sense of their existence, fight their big battles for them. Take whatever your object of hope is, 
And then you take the amount of love that this thing has for you, and you add the amount of power that this thing actually has in this terrible world, and you add those things together, and that's, that's how much peace it can give you. Peace equals love plus power. Let me explain it like this. Let's just say that, that your hope is in yourself. That's kind of the message of our age. Just believe in yourself, love yourself, just believe more, love more, and you'll be fine. Let's say your hope is in you, and nobody loves you more than you. Your love for yourself is sky high, so that number is through the roof. That's huge. But now let's look at the other side of the equation. How much power do you have? How much power do you have over cancer? How much power do you have over the weather? Huh? How much power do you have over other people's opinions? Oh, that number is pretty low. Or think of it like this. Maybe, maybe your hope is in a certain you know, political or social agenda. That seems to be a big thing these days. If we can just get the right people in power, proclaiming and teaching and legislating the right things, that, that'll change the world. My hope is in this particular movement. Now, do, do social and political movements have a lot of power? Potentially, yes. A tremendous amount of power in this world. But now, look at the other side of the equation. Systems, movements, political ideas, social agendas. Can they know you? Does it love you? Is it, is it, is it doing what's best for you? So what you start to see is that if our hope is in some of these other things, that, that the peace that it can provide us when we run the numbers on it, the peace that it can provide us is, is flimsy and fragile and is like easily snuffed out, right? If my hope is in myself or if my hope is in this other person or this other thing, the peace is flimsy. But, but now let's look at what Jesus has done. On Good Friday, Jesus dies, but, but more, than, more than die, more than die, Jesus Jesus is joining humanity in its suffering, in its struggle. Jesus is joining us in, in the pains of life. He's joining us in the, in the bleeding and the dying of life. You know, what is love anyway? Love is, in its, in its most beautiful form, love is someone who is willing to to sit with you in or endure on your behalf the worst that life has to offer. You might think it's, it's, it's loving enough if somebody just looks at you and says, oh, I love your Easter outfit. Excellent shoes, Pastor Matt. Well, that's kind. That's kind, right? But, but here's, here's really what, what love is. Love is someone who will go to HEB on Easter weekend and do your shopping for you. That's love. Love is someone who will do your taxes for you on Easter Monday, do tomorrow, by the way, and pay them for you. That's love. That's love. Love is when someone who will sit with you in the things that you don't want to endure or take them on at great cost to themselves. So then what do we have if Jesus Christ has joined us in the worst that humanity has to offer and taken it all upon himself? Is there anyone who loves you more 
anyone. And now think about what he's done today on Easter morning. You know, prior to Jesus' rise from the dead, death was this door that had forever been shut. No one had ever broken it open. It was the undefeated enemy. And then here's Jesus. He's, he's killed on a cross for the sins of the world. And then he, he breaks open the door that had never been opened. He defeats the enemy that had never been defeated. I don't care how, how rich somebody else is or how powerful some government is or how, how scary some company and their control over us is. Nobody has the power to defeat death except for one. I mean, if he's risen, then he is the most powerful force, person, entity in the world. So now, run the equation. Run it back. Who loves you more than Jesus? Nobody. Who has more power than Jesus? Nobody. I mean, if he lived and he died and he really rose, is there anyone or anything more worthy of all your hope who can give you more peace? Anyone? Anything? Absolutely not. No one can give you more peace, more confidence that it's okay than Jesus. No one. So now go with me to that dark spot, that dark place in your life. And I know you don't want to think about it. You're like, Matt, all I want to think about is like cute kids and chocolate bunnies. I don't want to think about the darkness in my life, but just go with me for just a second. Think about that, that dark room in your life. Where is it the most frightening? Where do you have the most anxiety? Where do you have the most fear? Where do you have the most uncertainty? And I know you've got a dark place and a dark spot. I know you do. I have mine. Here's what the resurrection means. It means that Jesus has entered into this room and he's entered into even that dark space and he looks at you where you see no light. And what he says to you is, peace, it's going to be okay. I'm alive. What he brings with him is light into that room. What God wants you to know is that no matter how dark a certain part of your life is, there is light in that room. That room where you think, well, this room is full of things that can't be forgiven. There is light in that room. This room is full of a disease that I can't get rid of. There is light in that room. This room is full of shame that I carry from stupid decisions that I made when I was young. There is light in that room. This room is full of fear and anxiety over all the things out in front of me that I can't control. There is light in that room. What is the darkest place for you? If Jesus is risen, there is light in that room. There is light in that room. There is light, listen to me. There is light in that room of forgiveness, of belonging, of eternity, and of a new creation that is coming. Now, one of the many things I so appreciate about Easter is that as this truth of the resurrected Jesus entering into the darkness of this world and saying, peace, it's going to be okay because I'm alive, this light bursting into our darkness as you grow with it, as you sit with it, it changes you. It really does. Have you ever met somebody who's, who, whose faith just inspires you? 
Like they've, they've gone through all the same terrible stuff in life that you've been through in life, and yet, and yet though they are deeply shaken like you are, they're not destroyed. They go through issues with their kids, struggles with their health, the loss of loved ones. They go through all the same stuff that we deal with, and yet they, they seem to handle it in this way where they are shaken, but they are just not crushed by it. And you look at it, and you're like, man, I want to be like you when I grow up. Where do, you, like, where do you get a faith like that? Like, do you get that on Amazon? Like, what is it the result of a certain kind of diet? Is it keto that you're doing? Like, how do you get that? I want that. Do you know what that is? It's Easter. It's, it's the peace that comes from a resurrected Jesus who really did rise from the grave and who says, it's okay. And what it is, is this, this perspective that this light of Jesus and his peace that, that it brings to you so that you're able to look at all things through the lens of the power and the victory and the promises of Jesus. I mean, that, that's really what Easter does. Easter doesn't, Easter doesn't erase the bad things. You're still going to experience them until Jesus comes back. Easter doesn't erase the bad things, not yet. It just exposes them for what they really are, which is being no match for the power and the promises of Jesus. Now, the famous author, Robert Louis Stevenson, he wrote uh, Jekyll and Hyde, Treasure Island, some of those classics. He, he, he wrote about when he was a small child growing up in Scotland, and this was a long, long time ago. Uh, back then, uh, on his street, there were, there were a series of street lamps, and, and the street lamps didn't automatically turn on at night. They didn't have electricity back then. Instead, there were people whose job was to be a lamp lighter. They would move from, from light to light to light on your street, and they would climb up a ladder. They would lift up the glass. They would light the lamp, and then they'd come down the ladder, move their ladder to the next lamp, climb up, lift up the glass, light the lamp. And Stevenson wrote about being a very young child sitting on his front porch with his family and watching their lamplighter make his way down the street, climb up the ladder, lift the glass, light the light, and move on. Climb up the ladder, lift the glass, light the light, and move on. And he writes that he, he turned to his mom and he said, look, mom, they're punching holes in the darkness. And I don't know why, but that, that phrase has uh, stuck with me. What is Easter? But I mean, if this is true, what, what is Easter but God punching holes in the darkness and proclaiming peace through the power of Jesus to scared people like you and me? My prayer for you is that you would <laughs> you would turn up the brightness on all of this. The, the truth of who Jesus is, if you don't know much about him, read about him. If you do know who he is, pray to him. If you've heard about his love and his promises, hold tight to them. And, and let the light of who Jesus is overwhelm your darkness, so that you might be able to say to yourself and to others, 
There is light in that room. There is light in that room. Amen.